Our scripture from today is from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Thanks be to God. I'd like to present three categories of people listening today. First, there are those of us today who are filled with hope. Life is good. We're launching into 2023 full speed ahead. We have things to be hopeful about. A wedding, the birth of a child, the start of a new job, or a retirement date. Second, there are those of us who are indifferent to hope. Nothing has changed but the date on the calendar. It's the same old, same old. Third, there are those who are hurting and even perhaps losing hope. Not only was yesterday the same or maybe even worse than today, but based on what we're going through, we, we may even feel hopeless. Regardless of which category you find yourself in today, hopeful, indifferent, or hopeless, the commonality amongst the three is that our willing to hope is based on our current circumstances. It's based on what we can see through our circumstances on January 1st, 2023. Yet through our scripture today, we will examine God's solution for the hopeful, the indifferent, and the hopeless. Today we will learn how through Christ and whatever we're going through, you and I can have hope because of God's love. After college, I was hired by Merrill Lynch into their Human Resources Analyst Program, which required a commute to both Manhattan and Jersey City. Several of my colleagues had told me that Hoboken, New Jersey was a great place to live and it would provide for an easy commute to work. While Hoboken was where I lived, it was not home. Home was my hometown of White Plains, New York. Most Fridays, in an effort to return home, I'd leave Hoboken to drive to White Plains to spend the weekend with my family. On those Fridays, one thing was certain, and that was Lincoln Tunnel traffic. I don't know if any of you have sat through Lincoln Tunnel traffic on a Friday at rush hour. I see a hand raised. But it is a sight to behold. And I don't consider myself a claustrophobic person, but when you're fully stopped or inching through a dark underwater tunnel, 
it's really easy to start thinking all sorts of things like, what would I do if water started trickling in? How would I get out if this flooded? There was no cell phone service, so to pass the time mostly, I would sing to try to prevent these thoughts from coming through my head as I was inevitably stopped while going through the tunnel. But I was willing to go through my circumstances for the hope that I would eventually make it home and that the circumstances at home would be better than the circumstances that I was currently in. But to get there, I first had to go through the Lincoln Tunnel to receive the hope that I was waiting for. In the first three verses of our text today, the Apostle Paul tells us that we have to go through something, no, actually someone, to find hope, no matter what our circumstances. Paul uses the word through three times before Paul promises hope. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Paul is saying we have to go through Jesus to find hope. The way we go through Jesus is by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Many of us wonder, why do we need to go through Jesus to find hope? And to understand this, we'll have to briefly look back on the story of humanity. We can read in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, that God created man and woman in his own image. God delighted in them and they in God. God and humanity existed in perfect relationship and then sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. Sin broke their and our relationship with God. From that point forward, there are hundreds of stories documented in scripture of humanity sinning against God. And we all know that the story of sin continues through the present day. We must remember that God is a holy God. It is impossible for a holy God to be in right relationship with sinful humans. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 6, the Bible tells us, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. Let's not skip over that. God's heart was deeply troubled, and it was because of us. It wasn't just because of Adam and Eve. It was because of you and because of me. God, being a just and holy God, could not let sin go unpunished. There was a cost. A debt had to be paid. You might think your mortgage or your student loans are a big debt, but this sin debt was far higher. We were supposed to pay with our lives. There was no hope until Christmas. I know that last week seemed so distant, but we celebrated Christmas last week. We celebrated how God the Son, Jesus Christ, came as one of us. 
We had a Christmas pageant where our little ones dressed up as angels and shepherds. We sang songs like Silent Night and O Night Divine. But as we heard last week, the baby boy Jesus grew up into manhood. And at 33 years of age, Jesus was brutally mocked, scorned, and murdered. He was forsaken by those who claimed to love him. He died a humiliating death on the cross. But that wasn't the worst part. Christ took on the weight of all the sin of all of humanity that ever was and ever would be, and he descended into hell. After three days, Jesus was resurrected from the dead, giving us hope in life and death through Jesus Christ. In Romans 5, Paul tells us through Jesus Christ what we can hope for. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. First, therefore is a transition word. In the chapters leading up to our scripture today, Paul makes the point again and again that no person is in good standing with God on their own. But when we proclaim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are justified. The original language of the text here is Greek, and to be justified means to be declared righteous. It means to be properly approved, especially in a legal or an authoritative sense. As believers, we are made righteous or justified by the Lord, cleared of all charges and punishment related to our sins through faith in Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, sinners have hope to be declared by God justified. Second, Paul tells us that through Jesus Christ, we have hope for peace with God. The Greek word used for peace here is eirene. Eirene means to join or to tie together into a whole. It describes God's gift of peace as wholeness. We are joined together with God, and God does not hold our sins against us. We are at peace with God. We're made whole. Through Jesus Christ, we have hope for peace with God. And then I love how Paul says we have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We stand in this grace, this free gift from God, right now in this moment at just about 10.55 a.m. on the first of this new year. We now stand in the grace of God. No matter what you're going through, that promise is true and it's real. Through Jesus Christ, we have hope to stand in God's grace right now here on earth and to stand in God's grace forever into eternity. God's word tells us that whether or not we feel hopeful, that we have hope. What do we do with this hope that we have in Jesus Christ? Here's what Paul tells us to do. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, 
because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Boast in the glory of God. The term here literally means living with your head up high. It refers to living with God-given confidence. Let's briefly examine what we're boasting about. God's glory. God's glory is many things, from creation to his plan for salvation for all people. God's glory is also God's character on display. When you want to see God's glory, his character on display, look no further than Jesus. Jesus embodies God's character and puts God's character on display. Through Jesus, we see who God the Father is, and we can boast about it. God is love. God is light. God is holy. God is faithful. God is just. God is wise. God is our salvation. Boast about the glory of God and live with the God-given confidence that he says who he says he is and that his promises are true. Second, boast or glory in God through your suffering. Boast about God through suffering. You don't boast because you are suffering, but because you know that even through suffering, God produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. God uses your suffering to make you more like Jesus and to take on his character. Through the crushing and the pressing of trials in this life, we display God's character and he'll display his character through us if we let him. This character produced divinely by God leads to hope. And friends, this hope is not in our earthly circumstances. This hope is in the glory of God. Our hope rests in God being who he says he is and knowing with utmost certainty that his promises are true. Our last verse for today is in verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame. Some translations say, and hope does not disappoint. Because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. On November 16th, the week before Thanksgiving, I was again driving to my hometown, this time from Fairfield, to White Plains, New York, to visit my family. I've been praying for weeks about the scripture that God wanted me to preach on today, and nothing was landing. Finally, on this drive home, I turned on worship music. I started talking with God, and I asked him, God, if there's one thing you want me to tell your people about on January 1st, what would it be? And after weeks of what felt like silence, I almost immediately heard in my spirit an answer from the Lord. And he said, hope, and that hope does not disappoint. 
Our scripture today from Romans 5 on hope concludes with this point that hope does not disappoint. And then I looked back in my rearview mirror and I caught a glimpse of our baby girl, Selah Hope. A year prior, Thanksgiving weekend of 2021 was one of the most difficult weeks of my life. A few weeks earlier, Greg and I rejoiced when we found out I was pregnant with our third child. We were excited, surprised, and joyful. Until the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, my body started doing things that led us to believe that we were losing the pregnancy. The symptoms continued for five agonizingly long days. And because of the Thanksgiving holiday, we were only able to speak to our doctors via phone. And they said, if you're losing the baby, unfortunately, there's nothing that we can do for you. We don't advise that you come to the ER. Don't go to the ER. We'll bring you into the office on Monday. And for five days, my symptoms continued. And for five days, God showed up in so many ways. But I want to specifically how, talk about how God showed up through pouring his presence and his peace into my heart and how God showed up through the love of my brother Gary. How the glory of God, his very character, came to pass through this trial. During this same time, I was already several weeks into an Advent Bible study. I read about Emmanuel, God with us, how Jesus wept, Jesus was forsaken, Jesus was broken. Jesus understood what pain was. I cried out in my despair. Many times I just sat in silence with God, too tired to say anything. And for five days, I laid down on the couch and seeped in the presence of God because I was seeking the presence of God through this trial. God was moving in my heart, and as this was happening, God was moving through someone else, my brother Gary. My brother Gary called and texted me every single day, multiple times a day. He also called and texted my husband. He didn't offer solutions or advice, but he did sit with us in our pain. My brother Gary immediately got us on his church's prayer chain, and he let us know every time someone prayed for us. My brother Gary arranged for me to talk with a woman who went through a similar situation the year prior. My brother Gary, whose calendar I would dare anyone in this room to put your calendar up next to his calendar. I know you're busy, but this guy, he's in demand. My brother Gary was waiting in our driveway when we got back from the doctor's office on Monday morning. And he said, I cleared my calendar to come and sit with you today, no matter what the news was, good or bad. My brother Gary, what a display of God's love and character, God's glory on display. Just prior 
to meeting Gary in our driveway, another thing had changed. During those trying five days, I had moved from a place of fear to a place of faith. I had moved from a place of restlessness to a place of peace. Before going to the doctor, I literally said to God, God, if this doesn't go the way I want it to go, I can't say I'll understand why, but I'm still going to serve you. I love you and I know that you love me. I know your character. I know that you are good and I'm walking with you no matter what the outcome. I'm still going to serve you. Nothing will change. And I meant it. I was at peace, not in my circumstances that were still unknown at that time, but with certainty that God would get me through it because I was certain of God's character. Greg and I went to the doctors that day and we rejoiced and cried and praised God right in front of the doctor when they found a heartbeat. We named our daughter Selah, a Hebrew word meaning to pause, reflect, and praise God with hope as her middle name, to complete the testimony and as a reminder to pause, reflect, and praise God and to hope in the Lord no matter what circumstances we may be going through. And before I close, I just want to acknowledge something about this story. You might be thinking, Melissa, that story is great, but my story is different. I did not get the outcome I wanted at the doctor's that day, and I'm still not getting it. I want to say that my heart grieves with yours, and there are no words for your pain. What I can tell you is that the promises of God are real, that his character is true, and that I pray that through his Holy Spirit, he will empower you with strength in your inner being. God loves you, he is for you, and there is hope in Jesus Christ. In closing, no matter what you're going through today, good or bad, hopeful or hopeless, know that through Jesus Christ, we always have reason to hope. Through faith in Christ, we've been justified by God. We have peace with God and stand in God's grace now and forever. As we go from this place, I encourage you to put God's word into practice. And for this week, here's how. First, if you're suffering, ask God to manifest his glory, his trustworthy and true character to you. Second, Boast in the hope of the glory of God through your suffering, knowing that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Third, and this one is for everyone, demonstrate God's character to someone else. As my brother Gary showed God's character to me during our trial, May you be emboldened to reflect the hope and love of Christ. Ask God how you can demonstrate God's character to someone 
who is suffering today. Lastly, start this new year by pausing, reflecting, and remembering that hope has a name. His name is Jesus, and Jesus does not disappoint. Thanks be to God. Amen.